What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we went and saw the Sabres play against Nashville, and we were straight up not having a good time at that game. They got their ass whooped. 7-3, probably should have even been 8-3, to if you want to include also the goal that was called back on an offside review. But the Sabres are in the midst of the downward spiral of all downward spirals. They have won two of their last 11 games. They have had four games in which their opposing team has scored seven goals or more. It has been just a nightmare scenario. And a lot of it, as has been the case over these past few weeks, this past month can be traced back to not only a lack of scoring, but first and foremost, the goaltending being probably the worst in the NHL over this stretch. So I don't know how much we really want to talk about the Nashville game. I mean, I feel like I would rather spend more time talking about the guy who we watched get like obliterated by a crew of security guards. That was (laughs) at least a little bit entertaining, but Taylor, what were your thoughts on this one and really just like where the Sabres are moving forward now as they are only two games above 500? Well, they're out. That's something. I don't know if we've said that really out loud yet, but yes, they are 100% out of this playoff race. And if things don't uh, shape up, it looks like they could be falling behind Ottawa, Washington, everyone. They could, they're going to be like in almost Philadelphia territory, the way things have been going. Like you said, two wins in 12 games, it's not going to get it done. I think the main thing is, if you would have looked at this whole season, you know, there were times when uh, not too long ago, they beat Florida to go, I think, 31, 23 and four, which is a good record, not a great record. Uh, and it, it came before the hardest part of their schedule. However, you would have said at that time, there's either the highest or second highest scoring team in the league and they're barely in a wild card spot. Imagine if scoring slowed down for a couple of weeks. Imagine if they had a couple of weeks of bad luck, bad finishing, bad puck luck, whatever you want to say, or they lost tuck for a little while or something like that. And this is what it would look like because they can't stop the puck at all. It just so happens to have coincided with the worst goaltending stretch of the season, uh, which is not, you know, it's not my favorite thing. I wouldn't say uh, watching this team try to play goalie. Uh, looking at this right now, Joe DiBiase of WGR tweeted, during the game on Tuesday, in the last two weeks, the Sabres' expected goals against is 19.65, and their goaltenders have allowed 37 goals. And I think they actually allowed another – well, it was an empty netter after that. They may have allowed a six-goal after that, so maybe it's 38, which basically means they were almost doubling the amount of goals that they uh, they would expect it to give up, which kind of cuts against the defense thing. But I do want to say this, too, before I stop rambling. People are going to talk about the defense and goaltending, which is true. And that, and like we've said before, it's not just the defenseman. It's the team defense that's bad. And it is bad. It's not good. And you can kind of see in this game and in the Boston game, the Dallas game, you, they start to give up a lot of odd man rushes or at least just good opportunities from other teams to get the puck going. And they're not great at stopping teams on uh, cross-ice passes when they're coming into the zone. They don't seem to be good at getting into those. However, there's two things with that. One... The defense is not good, but it's not this bad. It's not It's not the reason this is happening. It is happening because of goaltending. And number two, part of the reason is they have to play a more dangerous style to me, it seems. They do fall behind easily in these games. And when you fall behind, one thing you could do is go into defensive shell to kind of save your goaltending. But that's basically forfeiting the game. Like, oh, you're down 3 nothing. Like, you're just going to give up or, or something like that. You're just going to go into a shell so your goalie doesn't feel embarrassed. Like, no. 
this team is built to to get going and almost kind of built to play from behind. They're not bad at it, especially when they're the first and second line. They're going to be uh, offense first, and Tage and Cousins are going to be offense first as centers. And Power and Dallin are going to be offense first, especially when they're losing. So, And I think they also feel like, shit, we got to score four goals to win. And the way they're playing some of these games, they got to score five goals to win. So I see why they're playing dangerously and maybe giving up some odd man rushes. Even with those odd man rushes, though, you know, make a save. Yeah, absolutely. I think another area that stands out for this team in terms of what could be possibly or definitely actually contributing to this skid that they're on right now is not having Matias Samuelson. We have seen throughout the season when he is on the ice, but especially when he's off the ice, how valuable he is to this team. Buffalo Sabres stats yesterday had tweeted out that with Samuelson in the lineup, the Sabres are 28, 16, and four with a plus 19 goal differential. And without him in the lineup, they are 5, 15, and two with a minus 31 goal differential. So clearly they are sorely, sorely missing Matias Samuelson. And I think on top of that too, That also speaks to, I know it's not like any kind of a secret or anything like that, but I think it also speaks to the importance of Kevin Adams really hitting a home run when it comes to who the other top four piece is going to be in terms of the ad that's going to happen in the off season coming up, because you just can't have it where you're missing your number three defenseman and it completely tanks the rest of your team. I mean, obviously it's great that Samuelson is so impactful, but I think it just speaks to the fact that this team is in desperate need of adding another legit top four piece into the mix here so that it's not just Darlene and power dragging their partners around, you know, obviously Samuelson has shown an ability to play with both Darlene and power and also gives them flexibility where Darlene has played with him on the right side, but also Samuelson has played on the right side with power at points. And again, like, I just think that it just speaks to the importance of adding another significant piece to that top four defensive group so that for one, obviously that solidifies your, your core there and gives you a really good top four group, but you also have to keep in mind the very real possibility of somebody going down. And obviously if it's a Darlene or a power going down, that's a whole different level of scary that we'd be having to deal with here. But Again, bolstering that top four, I think it just is essential to the team's success next year. Probably secondary secondary to, to obviously getting a starting goalie and hopefully just completely overhauling the goalies in general. But just important to bring up when it comes to, to Samuelson and his importance to this team. Um, Taylor, any thoughts on Samuelson or do we want to do the thing that we have to do every goddamn episode and talk about goaltending? Yeah, I do. I think the Samuelson record disparity and goal differential disparity has to be a little bit luck. Like he's not Bobby Orr. Right. Like there's there's a little bit of luck to it, but it's not completely luck. It's not completely random. It's and it's not just because he's so good in his own zone. It's the Sabres lack of diversity of skill set in that position. Darlene is hold his own on his own zone, 100 percent. And he's a Norris level guy almost. But he is an offense first guy. Power. You can't blame him because he's so young. He's I don't even know if he's 20 yet, but yeah, he's not good in his own zone yet. He's much better in the other zone and he's much better in the neutral zone, frankly. Uh, And then beyond that, it's like, okay, Samuelson, what was what happens when Samuelson's not there? Your best defensive defenseman becomes Ilya Ilya Labushkin, who's fine. And he's a fine defensive defenseman, but when he's not on the ice, yikes, Yoki Haru, Kyle Clegg, Jacob Bryson, not good folks. a complete lack of depth for sure yes. and i think the point also too with all of this and apologies if this is what you're about to get to but i think 
in addition to his defensive prowess, I think the thing that makes Samuelson so valuable is that he allows Rasmus Dahlin to be Rasmus Dahlin. He allows him to activate and be the guy that he needs to be because obviously we've seen Dahlin this year has greatly improved his defensive game. Like for sure. Like he's, he's looked better with it. Obviously he's had his lapses and everything, but he's been better, but Samuelson allows him to be the offensive dynamo that he is while providing that support on the back end. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point too. Like he, he makes other players better around him. But yeah, that's that's the main thing to me. It's like you don't actually have good defensive defensemen, and hopefully next year you either you have someone better for the third pairing, or maybe Lubushkin Stillman is uh, Lubushkin Stillman is a good pairing defensively. Let's talk, so let's we'll talk see. about that because you brought that up at the game. We were talking about it. I think it was in like the second period, just about the bottom pair next year. And I know that Stillman has looked all right. That's great. I'm glad. I know we both, most people were pretty like meh about the trade. I know, of course, there were some people who were like, well, let's give it a chance and see. Maybe it's like a system fit that he'll end up working out. But I personally am not ready to hand him the keys on the bottom pair after a nine game trial, pretty much. Like we have not seen enough of him, I think, to be able to commit to that. And Again, while I understand that the third pair is probably in the hierarchy of needs this coming off season, I would say like fourth on the list. I still think if you're trying to take that next step, I, and this is what I said when they made the trade too, I would much rather you are investing that spot in a proven commodity to insulate the rest of the young guys like if you're trying to make a playoff run next year which is the expectation and we got to keep hammering that point home like i get it this year was kind of another like a an extension of last year but next year it is it is playoffs or bust folks but i would much rather see this team upgrade in a spot rather than hoping that a guy could end up fitting in the system or be a reclamation project. Like we were kind of talking about that with how Colorado being as stable as they are right now and as good as their core is and as established as they are, that they're able to take that on. Granted the reclamation project that they've taken on, you know, it's Nichuskin, it's, it's Evan Rodriguez and guys have flourished there, of course, but just to me, like, again, like I'm fine if Labushkin is on the third pair next year, I would love it if he was like the seven, but I think it's more likely that he's going to be your six, which is fine. But I would just much rather in free agency, you invest that third pair slot elsewhere. And then maybe Stillman is your seven next year, because again, you're going to have like, I I just, I can't see a scenario where they don't move multiple defensemen uh, among like the, the bottom pair candidates in terms of Bryson, Yoki Haru, Labushkin, Stillman. I mean, these guys are all you have are either signed or have their rights through next year. Something's going to have to give there, and you're not going to be carrying that many defensemen all throughout next year. Of course, injuries happen and everything like that. And who knows? Maybe- no, you say that, but you remember they did that. Well, yeah. The first year we had this podcast, they carried like 11 defensemen. Yeah, no, that's, that's Rochester fair. And Buffalo that were NHL guys. Yeah, that's fair. But again, I I just think I'm far more concerned about bolstering that bottom pair. And, and Clay, too, I didn't even mention also. I mean, I think Clay is more of an AHL guy anyways. But I, I just think that it's been nine games and he's looked fine. But with 
what the stakes are going to be next year and how important it is that they make the playoffs, not just for the sake of them making the playoffs, but because of the fact that they are ready, you know, like they're there, like they are ready to be a playoff team. I would much rather, again, you invest in free agency or even via trade, but probably more likely free agency that you go out and get a proven, just a steady third pairing guy. It doesn't have to be somebody that's going to blow the roof off or anything like that, but I'm of the belief, at least, that you you got to do better than Riley Stillman on your third pair. Even though, again, for the sake of clarifying, that third pair is probably fourth on the priority list right now. But what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I know you're I, a little bit more inclined to Stillman. Yeah, it's not even that. I just kind of I just don't think of it as a real possibility. Like they just traded for him, and he's under contract for next year. They're not getting rid of him, and maybe he's a seven, and maybe that's what you want out of it. But it, it, I mean, to your point, they have seven defensemen signed for next year right now which is ridiculous because we all think that they have to get a top four guy. Yeah. And I think they think that too. So let's say they get Severson, right? At that point, you're still getting rid of guys. I think they're going to try to offload Bryson Yoki Haru in that case. So what you would have in that theoretical situation is you would have your first pair, which is probably Dalian Samuelson. And then pop would power Severson be the second pairing then, I guess. Yeah. Um, And then you'd have your third pair of Labushkin and Stillman because you're already offloading two guys. You're offloading two guys under contract. That's not an extreme thing, but that's a pretty big thing. You're already offloading Bryson and Yoki Haru. And then your seven, maybe in that case is Kyle Clegg. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone, um, but yeah, I think that's, that would be a good off season. And that's how you would still land with that third pairing, which I don't know about Stillman yet, but Lubushkin, I guess when he hasn't been hurt or, or playing hurt, he's been a good defensive defenseman, which is, I guess what you want out of a third pairing guy and Stillman's played decently well with him so far. Like you said, it's a small sample size, but they did trade for him the deadline. I don't think they traded for him to get rid of him. And but, I don't think they traded for him to be the, the seventh uh, defenseman either. Yeah. But I, I mean, look at the acquisition cost. Like there's a guy of Stillman's nature and, and what the cost in that deal was really guarantee that level of roster security. I mean, I would love it if, if just because of how he looked, if they moved on from Greenway, but they invested a second round pick in the guy. So he's not going anywhere. Whereas Stillman, I mean, we're talking about like a late round pick here. Are we really confident that they're going to be that headstrong and being like, listen, we, we, we need to keep this guy around. No, but I think that it maybe if he'd been worse and we'll see how the last 10 games or so go, if the games go fine, they're just going to keep them. Like Adams will be like, yeah, I wanted this guy and he's been fine on the third pairing. The fact that Adam has traded for him though, tells me that they are going to move on from one of these other bozos. Well, there's no way they're, there's no way he traded for them being like, yeah, I'm really happy with the way Bryson and Yoki Haru are playing who are both by the way, guys, not Adams guys. Of course. And I would, and again, I think that goes back to me being comfortable with Stillman being your seven, because if you think about it, Clay, you can go back to the H. I think he is he up this year or is he on? An, does he have another year on his deal? Mm, that's a good question. Let me look. look like. Yeah, look he'd be RFA either way. But yeah, can you look that up? Well, because then the other side of it though is you obviously just traded for him. So yes, the the odds of him being moved are again like are unlikely, and I'm fine with him being on the on the being your seven. I should say. Yeah, he's an RFA, Clegg. He is okay. So you have his rights at least there. So let's say that he's another AHL guy. Maybe they can get him on another two way deal. Bryson and Yoki Haru, though, do have value. It may not be a lot, but they do have value. Bryson has shown that he can, air quotes majorly, play at the NHL level here. And as we've talked about previously, Yoki Haru, I think, has the pedigree. I think that also maybe some 
front offices may inflate his talents a little bit and his abilities. And we know how NHL GMs are that if there's a guy that's formerly a first round pick and they're playing every, like in an every night role that they do have some value in terms of like as a trade piece. So I think it makes a lot of sense to, again, like in a perfect world, you move on from Bryson and Yoki Haru, you move them in a deal. You know, I don't know what really you're looking at in return, because again, like as far as what that could be, I mean, I guess you could go for picks, but if you wanted to move them both and get like a body back, I mean, you're not really looking at more than like a bottom six guy probably, or there's also the opportunity, the, the alternative of that is if there's a bigger deal to be had or a bigger trade of some sort that maybe those guys go the other way. Like if you're talking about making a big pickup, like let's say they don't go the free agency route for this top four defenseman, say Severson or Dumba, it doesn't end up happening and they look elsewhere. Like for example, I think it was Chad or Anthony. One of them had like Noah Hannafin, uh, the Sabres making a move for Noah Hannafin in the offseason, which I'd be very down with. I, I, I like Hannafin. Um, maybe then one or both of those guys go back in a deal like that. Obviously you're talking about moving more capital, like probably like a first round pick or <clears throat> an Ostland or a Rosine or something like that for not even just Hannafin, but like one of these bigger name defensemen. And then maybe, yeah, so that you're sending a body back, you're sending, you know, a Yoki Haru and a Bryson back along with whatever the other pieces may be in a deal like that. But I, I think that those two are kind of the clear candidates for the chopping block for this upcoming off season. And it makes sense to, Keep Stillman as your seven. I would just like to have that flexibility because again, like I would rather have Stillman be the guy that you could plug into the lineup rather than having Stillman be your five or your six and having somebody worse than him and Labushkin then have to step into the lineup after that. Should one of them be out or need a night off? Yeah, that makes sense. I would also say to anyone who any GMs out there um, looking uh, to add Yoki Haru for next year, I can tell you some games to watch. You don't even have to worry about Tuesday's game. Don't even watch the Nashville game. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about him falling behind uh, and creating a two-on-one and then skating directly past the puck when trying to catch up and then falling while the goal happens. Don't watch that. <laughs> no, we don't need to see that. Uh, anyway, uh, should we move on? I don't know what else there is to talk about. The goalies, I guess. Up. Oh, it, no. Come you got to do goalies. it. It's bad. It's bad, man. <laughs> Anderson, well, oh god. We do have news on that actually though, because practice is going on right now and Levi's yeah. not practicing. So highly, highly unlikely that he will obviously not even unlikely. It's not happening. He's not playing on Friday. However, obviously it's still not out of the question though that he may see games on the stretch. And again, at this point, you're out of the race. I think it makes a ton of sense to at least give him some game action here, give him a few practices during the week so that he could start to get the feel of NHL shots and the NHL pace, throw him in there. I, I mean, aside from him just getting the experience of it, which I think would be valuable getting a taste of it before next year, where he's presumably going to be the guy in Rochester as your starter, just it can't be worse than what we have right now. I mean, it's not like you're throwing him out to the wolves. Like that game, the Nashville game. If you pull Anderson after the third goal or after like the missed or, or the, the called back goal, you potentially could be looking at a different outcome in that game. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Sabres definitively would have came back or anything like that, but just 
the goals that he's letting in, and honestly, that a lot like that all the goalies have been letting in are just demoralizing. And Anderson, especially, and I don't know now if it's you know, kind of the inverse of the young guys where they haven't played this long of a season before and with the travel and everything like that and just like not having the experience with it and then if it's for Anderson the inverse where he's just he's done it so much and he's just spent and and he's just done now he's just toast he's fried I don't know but Levi I think he definitely deserves to get a shot and I'm sure that they will I would have to think that over this last stretch of games how many more do we have to go like 10 or so right roughly yeah I think what do we have here? I just had the standings up a minute ago. Uh, but yeah, what do we have to lose? Really? Like, come on here, folks. <laughs> let, let's get this guy in some practices, get him in a game. All right, you have 12 games to go. They've played 70 so far. I'll also say too, though, with regard to I guess down the stretch here, Detroit is one point behind them. I believe Detroit plays tonight. And if Detroit wins tonight, Buffalo if the season ended today would be picking 10th in the draft, which means they have a lottery shot, which is just what has happened over this past month. But anyways, back to the goalies though, Taylor, what are your thoughts on Levi getting a game here down, getting a game or two down the stretch and really just the status of the goalies when it comes to Craig Anderson right now? I don't know, man. I, we were saying they got to play Anderson more down the stretch because he was the only one playing well <clears throat> to give yourself a real shot. Now though, that they're really out of it. I think you really give Anderson a break until like the last home game. Yeah. I think you got to go with UPL and Comrie. And then, like you said, you got to give Levi at least one. Uh, and I think you start Levi in front of a home crowd, even though the Sabres have played terrible at home this year. I think that would be um, a good idea. I don't know when he's going to start practicing or really what the holdup is. So once he starts uh, practicing, yeah, I think you give him a shot, maybe Monday. I think they have a home game Monday, but yeah, I mean, if not, it's like, what are you really waiting for? Like, wh- what is the, what's the point of starting? Like, you you have to start UPL this game. You have to start Comrie this game. You can freestyle way more now because you don't have to worry about making the playoffs. And getting Levi a shot is more important than any of these other bozos, to be honest. So I, I think it's a it's an interesting thing. But so, okay, looking at their schedule right now, they're playing the Devils tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually glad that he's not going to play that game. The devils are good. And yeah. then Saturday they have the Islanders at 5 PM on, on long Island. So that's a, that's another one where it's, that's a quick turnaround. He's, he, they're not practicing. He's not practicing before either of those games. Now that I think about it. So that's, that's a hard no. And then Monday they play the Canadians. So who knows if they play, do they really practice Sunday when they have three games and four nights? Like, do they do a real practice? So now that I'm looking at it, uh, I mean, Montreal would be perfect though, too, for him. I mean, it's where he's from. Obviously it's a home yeah. game too. And they're bad. Well, we're hosting the Rangers on the 31st. Oh that's yeah. Not the worst that's idea. True. That's true. Opportunities. Yeah. Cause then you, I mean, you have three days of practice in between there that you could get in for him. Yeah. That might I think be it's it. also, have 31st. we had any clarification if his visa issues have been cleared up? I don't know, but what is the, what is the deal there? Like, is it about playing in Canada? I'm assuming, no, I'm assuming it's the fact that he is Canadian and you probably need to have some kind of a work visa to be able to, cause he's I feel be like it's never taken down. this long before. Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Very strange. Uh, I would say figure it out because you're a multi-billion dollar league. Figure out this thing where half your players, uh, not probably what, half your players are Canadian? 
and more than 20 of your markets are in the in the US, how hard could this possibly be? Right. I have no idea what goes into it, but I refuse to believe it's that hard for them. Doesn't to it feel out. like it always this something like this always happens? I could be totally It's just, always just the NHL making this up, but yeah, this this feels like it's like way too common of occurrence. Yeah, ridiculous. Figure it out. Uh but I guess uh also should we talk about the this is maybe an end of the episode type thing, but expansion? <laughs> Read the ads first and then we can talk about it. <laughs> All right, folks, let's hear a word from our sponsors. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, you can combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. So this is the part we're supposed to talk about, um, whatever, something I like. But here's the thing. I realized I was right about something. Oh? Remember when I said defending champions who have good regular seasons the following year get upset in the tournament? Kansas, folks. Wow. They are out. Um, so I don't have, man, I, you should really not listen to me on any college basketball betting advice because my bra- three brackets are all been terrible. And that might've been my only good take is Kansas. Um, but something to keep an eye on, I think is the most interesting game of the, uh, the upcoming weekend, or at least the Thursday, Friday slate of the sweet 16 UCLA Gonzaga, a rematch of two years ago. They had one of the best final four games I've ever seen. Honestly, might be the best college basketball game I've ever seen. It was so cool. I don't know if any of those guys besides Drew Timmy are still around, but UCLA is favored by one and a half. I don't know. You put something small on that and just enjoy the game. Maybe they recapture some of that 2021 magic. We'll see. I wouldn't hundred percent count on it, but it's interesting. Anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Now, folks, uh, we had a good time on Monday at our other sponsor, that Thin was Man great. Brewery. Let's talk about that, actually, before getting into the ad part of it, at least. Thank you so much to everybody who came out. We showed up on Monday, like an hour beforehand, and our pal Cam from Thin Man informed us that the entire second floor main room was fully reserved. So huge thank you to everybody who took advantage of of, t- of getting a reservation. We ended up having to bring tables up from downstairs up into the arcade room there. It had a really great turnout. How many, what was there, like 15 teams this time around? 14, and it looked like five person a team. I'd say there's almost 70 people there probably. It was great, man. It was fantastic. Thank you so much to everybody who came out. And on top of that, too, also want to just give a thank you to Mike. Right, Mike, I believe, is our our pal who donated the signed RJ framed uh, Buffalo News cover, which was amazing. Gave that away. There was actually, I think, what do we have all together? I think there was seven perfect rounds that people had, which was at least great. seven. Yeah. So that's the deal. I have your, I have your team name written down. If you had a perfect round, uh, and you didn't get a prize, we'll have something for you on April twenty fourth. Uh, but we're also going to adjust the perfect round rule, I believe. So there's a limit based on how the number of prizes we have. I mean, I think so that that's fair as again. it is. <laughs> I think yeah. it's fair, yeah. Yeah, I so, but we didn't say that the first time. We did say you would get a prize if you had a perfect round in general. So we'll have some kind of prize for you at the yes. next show. Um, and we then- You've got to make some tougher questions, I guess, for some of those. Yeah, maybe I we was- We had like four too- on one round, right? 
We did. Well, here's the thing. I think this the, the the crew that showed up this time, they did significantly better than the first time around people. So if you're a first oh, yeah. time around person who didn't come, that is a challenge to come back and be better than the second time people. Uh, and if you're at both, congrats on probably improving. Yeah, it was really, really good showing this time uh, by a lot of different teams. Very close down to the wire uh, in our winners. Uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of our winners. Well, I know second place was Cycle Still Sucks, and third place was Hanging with Hamden. What was the winning team's name? Uh, it was It was not Talinder. I hardly know her. It was not that team. <laughs> Come on, guys. Some good team names, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you won, you got to come back and defend your title. Eichel, Eichel Sucks came back as Eichel Still Sucks. They did a, a valiant job. Should be really proud of themselves. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, great night. It was a good time. And here's some other things you can look forward to at Thin Man Brewery. You know who won? It was the guy that – dude with the hurricane. Shirt. It was a hurricane shirt, but I wanted to say his team name. Oh, look, I, I can don't look care. At my no, we should refer to them as guy with the hurricane shirt. Oh, the Carolina Hurricanes won in Buffalo again. Sad, very sad. How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh. But yeah, April 24th, though, is our next one. We actually talked to Thin Man after, and because they are – Loving the the great response because of all of you guys coming out and supporting us. We are going to be moving to monthly trivia nights, folks. So even through the summer, we will be having trivia every month. We'll be announcing the next date after the one for that month. So make sure you stay tuned to that. But sorry, Taylor, take it away. All right, a couple things they have coming up. One is they're doing a cider brunch on this Sunday, March 26th at 11 a.m. This is at the Elmwood location. It's their first cider brunch uh, since reopening from the renovations. Uh, and here's what you can expect there. They have OSB ciders on draft, OSB cider infused brunch specials. That sounds interesting. OSB cider infused brunch cocktails, and it's going to be a good time. So if you're interested, that's 11 a.m. on Sunday. Another thing they have a new cocktail menu. I was uh, at Thin Man last night actually, and one of my friends ordered uh, some of the cocktails. They looked really interesting, so I think I'm going to get after them. Uh, some include. Uh, the Shades of Cool, which is Dragonberry Rum, Lime, Blue, Caraco, and Pineapple. The Jerry, which is Tequila, Minch Ginger, Lemon, Sugar, and Bitters. Uh, they also mentioned the Dash and Burn here. Gin, Lemon, Grenadine, Grapefruit, Orange Bitters, and a Pinch of Salt. So those are all available at Thin Man. Uh, if you're interested, if you're more of a cocktail person than a beer person, you know, they have something for you as well. And then three new beers this weekend, if you're interested. Folks, they got the, the Henny's Kolsch. Uh, a German style Kolsch, the Lucky Lucy, which is a red ale, 5.3% uh, ABV. Uh, it's inspired by traditional Irish reds. And you had me at Aloha, which is a tiki IPA. It's a hazy IPA, with pineapple, coconut, and Tahitian vanilla. Uh, and that's blue, br- sorry, blued. It's brewed in collaboration with Buffalo Beer Geek. So there's a lot going on at both the Elmwood and Chandler Street locations. If you're uh, interested, you should really check both of those out. Uh, anything else to add, Brendan? No, not really. I'm playing at Thin Man Chandler on April 15th, so that'll be a good time. So if you're looking to uh, come out, I believe that's also going to be a fundraiser that night. But we'll have more details on that as we lead up to the 15th. But no, it was a great time. I mean, really, I just it, it was a blast. And again, like I cannot express enough how grateful Taylor and I both are for the support that we've had with the the live events. It's been so much fun and. I won't give it away too soon, but something special is going to be happening at the April 24th one. It's going to be a a celebration of sorts, if you will, 
because we're going to have a big announcement to share soon about something that we teased uh, a couple months back. So make sure you stay tuned for all the fun that's going to be coming with that one. You know what would be really funny if our, if that night coincided with the Leafs getting eliminated from the playoffs, is that possible? Oh my God. I think it's possible. Would be decadent. It'd be extraordinary. Every positive adjective. It's possible, but I I don't think it'd be game seven. Oh my God. Literally say less. I want this so bad. Very interesting, folks. All right. We will see. Interesting. Looking into this. Looking into this. Um, so yeah, back to hockey stuff. Are the uh, expansion folks expansion question mark? I know that came up like two weeks ago, but I I hadn't brought it up on here. It's <laughs> interesting, right? It is. It is. Do we want to get into this now, or do we want to use this as a teaser for us to talk about it next episode? I don't have much to say. I just want to say my two cities. Go, Houston, Quebec City, and I want one of them moving from Arizona. Yeah. Arizona. Sorry, guys. I know that they're not moving and it makes way more sense to have a team in Phoenix, but figure it out. Yeah, I Quebec, I'm completely on board with. And Wait, hold on. I got to cut myself off there a second. I got to say that doesn't make sense because there'd be 33 teams. So Houston, Quebec, and then move Arizona to some other location that could be interesting. I've seen people even bringing up Atlanta again as an option, which I think is interesting. I mean, obviously they haven't been able to make it work there, but there's also reasons for that. It's not just like it's bad hockey market or something like that. Like they, there are reasons for these things in addition to that, but Hartford maybe would be even interesting too. I know they've still been trying to like buy and get a team. I don't know. 0.0% chance it's going to Hartford. You don't think so? No, no way. I mean, Quebec city would be the biggest stretch possible because they're basically kind of an equally sized city to Winnipeg just and they're less in the middle of nowhere um and it's the Canadian hockey mad city Hartford is a city of 120,000 people their last team played in a mall their current like the Connecticut whale I don't know what league they play in they like play in a small arena Hartford is not have the corporate money or the population to pull it off but hear me out though they do have the coolest jerseys yeah they do I mean they Everything about them was cool. Like I said, playing in a mall is a derogatory thing. But back then, playing in a mall is cool. The yeah. Hartford Civic Center, and they had cool jerseys, and they had Brass Bonanza. There you go. I loved it, but maybe an AHL team. I'm going to I'm gonna want to brainstorm this a little bit more for C's. I don't mind Houston. I think it makes the most sense. It's obviously the biggest market that does not have a team right now in the NHL. But also, Texas is stupid. Uh, just... Patrick Starr told me that when I was a child and it's stuck with me ever since. So any other thoughts there before we sign off for the day? Nope. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for tuning in everybody to this episode of straight up Sabres presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and you're following our presenters on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us straight up Sabres. Make sure you're also checking out the sponsors of this podcast, DraftKings, as well as thin man brewery online and more details can be found in our show notes. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been straight up Sabres. Hey,